0: come on somebody I know you felt what I did up there to God be the glory I declare I wanted to come out there and dance <laughs> that's what happens when the spirit of God moves upon his children he takes chaos and makes it into something beautiful amen did you notice during their rehearsal they couldn't get it right But then before God, look what the Holy Ghost did. Brought his children together. And Mr. David, you didn't know you were gonna be a celebrity before heaven today, did you? (laughs) (laughs) All of them. (laughs) To God be the glory. Come on, somebody, tell God thank you. He's amazing. He's awesome in all of his ways. And I can't even imagine what it must have been like for those disciples to, to walk with Jesus constantly and to be in his presence every day. But That must have been something. And then to watch him ascend, to literally disappear from their presence in a cloud. I, I think I just would have laid on the ground and cried, please don't leave me. Please don't leave me. But he said, it would be to your advantage that I go away. Because if I go, if I don't go away, the Holy Ghost will not come. And you know what? He did go away. And the Holy Ghost came. And let me tell you, them brothers thought they had something. They didn't realize that when Jesus was here, he was the power of God on earth. Now the power of God is in them. And those brothers, whoa, and what we're about to see here in a few minutes is just absolutely wonderful of the power of God in men. The same God that told them to say, wait here in Jerusalem until you receive power from on high. Shella received power from on high. Her old big mouth couldn't sing today, but wait till the Holy Ghost hit and she started singing. <laughs> Glory to God. Them sisters were singing. Hey, Miss Vicky, I mean, I can't do that. Let me stop. I'm supposed to be preaching, but to God be the glory. That's all right, Zor. You can put up with it. God is awesome in all of His ways. Amen. And old carrot top back there with just playing them drums. I can't wait. The Marquise get just show out for us. He's an incredible, gifted man of God. An incredible talents at his age. I can't wait. Yes, he, he does. I, I can't wait five, ten years from now to see what the Lord is going to do with him in any endeavor that he's going to send him to. And I'm excited about what the Lord is doing in his life. I'm excited about what God is doing with Zora. I'm excited what God has done in all of our lives. Because I'm going to tell you, I've seen God move this past week in ways that we wouldn't have never thought in the spirit world. And uh, I don't mind getting out of bed in the wee hours like this morning when the Spirit's coming, son, and you get before God. And it's just wonderful to know that when I get here, God is already here. Amen? Amen. And as I'm traveling down the road, the Holy Ghost is traveling with me. That's something. Amen? That's why Jesus said, it would be to your advantage that I go away. If I don't, the Comforter will not come. And just sitting up there in that old ugly van is the Holy Ghost. Right alongside me. (laughs) Ain't God good? (laughs) He don't care what you're driving. Amen. There's no shame in his game. (laughs) You're his child. He's right there with you, even if you're riding on the back of an ass. Uh Uh-oh. Hello, somebody. And that's a jackass, just in case you didn't know it. (laughs) So God is still God. Amen. Amen. I tell you. What, what's going to happen here? If you allow the Spirit of the living God to move you in such a way today, I guarantee you, I'm more than certain that you will not go home the way that you came in. you hear me? If you allow the Spirit to fill you with God's Word today, under the anointing of the Holy Ghost, if you allow Jesus to speak to you, you're going to see yourself the same as you, as his sons and daughters were, back in the first century church. You're going to go, God, that's me. I can do that, Jesus. I am on it, Lord. Let's go, Holy Ghost. Let's go find somebody and talk to. And let me tell you, it's exciting when people yield to Jesus. It is, isn't it? It makes you feel really, really good to know that on God's collection day of the human race, they won't be rejected by Jesus. Because you remember he said, if you deny me before men, I'll deny you before my Father and his whole angels. Okay? But if you go and open your mouth and that person begin to say, Jesus, and the tears begin to flow, you know that the Holy Ghost has spoken to their hearts, and you say, uh-oh, something is happening here. Something is happening in the spirit world because as God sees that person in heaven, so is that person being on earth right in front of you. You get to see a heart transformed right then and there. From old to new. From an enemy of God to a child of God. Ain't God good? You get a chance to witness that right before you. Yeah. And you know what? I can, Mr. Day, I can just see that old heavenly scribe just writing the name in the Lamb's Book of Life, looking down and going, okay, come on, just a little bit more. Come on, you got it, you go, girl. Right. Brandy. Smith. There it is! And the devil gets madder than hell. I just lost her! No longer mine. And you know, that happens. And as her name was written in the heavenly scroll, the angels are boogieing down. Boy, they're having fun. Because Lord Jesus said, all of the heavenly hosts rejoice when one sinner repents. Did he not say that? That means heaven is getting down! Because this person no longer belonged to the Prince of Darkness, but to the Prince of Glory. Amen? Woo! Did you know they parted in heaven over you last week? I'm telling you. 32 years ago, almost 33 years ago, they parted over me. God still tapping his feet over that one. <laughs> I knew I was going to get that boy. <laughs> Amen? Anybody else excited? <laughs> you got to understand who our God is, amen. But in all sincerity of heart, don't miss this day. What the Lord wants to show you, every head bow now. Father, we come to you now, Lord, yearning for your presence even more. We're at your fountain of life, Lord Jesus, ready to drink freely and never thirst again by the Holy Ghost. And we're asking you, Lord, as we feast on your word, speak for your children are listening. Give us heaven's nutrition, that in which we would never grow weary over. And Lord, help us to see that day back in Israel when Peter... Was walking along the way, and Lord, you spoke. And then, Lord, the Holy Ghost spoke to him, and your angels spoke to Cornelius. As we see you bridge the gap between Israel and the Gentiles to make one sheepfold, Lord. Father, let us see that today. That, Lord Jesus, you're still making one sheepfold. You say, Other sheep you have that's not of this fold that you said they will hear your voice, them you must go after also. And there will be one shepherd, one sheepfold. And Lord, that one sheepfold is your church. And the shepherd is you. And we're so glad, Lord Jesus, that you are the good shepherd that laid your life down for the sheep. And we're so glad that Father didn't leave you in the grave But on the third day raised you up. Thank you, Lord. Now, Holy Ghost, speak to us, for your children are listening. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Woo! Listen at you back there. I don't know what got in her, but we like it. We love it. In Acts chapter 9, As you're turning here, we're going to begin in verse 28. We're going to kind of walk through the rest of that and all over into chapter 10 today. And we got communion, so I have to be mindful of the time. And I want to share something with you. Last night I'm sitting before the Lord in the Word of God, and as I'm studying the Jewish Bible, one of the things pointed out to me was the fact that when God... On the third day, created the fruits of the earth. The first fruits of the earth came on the third day. Is that ringing a bell to anybody right now? First fruits that came on the third day. The 20 rows. Oh, somebody got it. Oh, somebody got it. In Hosea, chapter 6, verses 1 and 2, the prophet Hosea said, After two days, you will revive us, O Lord, and you will bring forth a fruit. In other words, Lord, you're going to raise us from the dead on the third day, showing forth that Jesus, the Son of God, would be raised from the dead on the third day. In John chapter 2, verse 19, Lord Jesus said, destroy this temple. And the actual word in Hebrew there is not temple, it's palace. Destroy this palace, which means, who, who, who dwells in a palace? A king. king. oh somebody else got it. <laughs> okay? A king. Destroy this palace. And on the third day, I will raise it up. What was he talking about? (laughs) Himself. Referring back to what Hosea had said in chapter 6, verses 1 and 2, about what? The first fruits. Mm -hmm. Paul would later write, and so would John, that Jesus was the first fruit of God from from the dead. And I'm sitting there, and I'm looking at all this coming together, and I'm going, oh, my Lord. Something is about to happen with first fruits. Guess who's the first fruits of God? His church is his first fruit from among the world. His church. Israel was supposed to be God's first fruit. Okay? And Jesus came along and completed that which Israel was unable to complete. And God raised him from the dead. And so he's the first fruit from the dead. Now, and then going, uh-oh, on the third day, if you go back to John chapter 2, it said, on the third day, there was a wedding in a place called Canaan. Something about that third day, isn't it? It's going to be another wedding too, isn't it? Huh? In Revelation chapter 19, blessed is he who's called to the marriage supper of the Lamb. The marriage supper of the Lamb. That's a wedding feast. Okay? And he said, for her bride has made herself what? Ready. That's what the kids were singing, that your church have made herself, and we are all what? Ready. That's what this is all about when you go to Acts chapter 9. It's about <laughs> Jesus Christ going for a harvest, a first fruit, if you will, from among his people. And then he's going to have a, a shift, in psychology or any of the other important writings we call it, when, when, when theories change we call it, you need to learn this phrase young lady, it's called a paradigm shift, okay? Except they having a paradigm shift, there's going to be a shift in the spirit world. What do you mean? We're going to see a shift from Israel over to the Gentiles and so that psalm that y'all heard me read this morning psalm 67 was saying and let the nations come before god and do what and praise him let all the people praise him okay that means that's a universal gathering of god's people where all the people come together as one body praising one god one savior one lord one king amen and so I can't be around for Oh, of course you will be around for her. There will be no more death. Okay. <laughs> he will wipe out death. So as we look here in Acts chapter 9 verse 28 as we kind of lead that, have that as a lead in so say he was with, talking about Saul now, he was with them at Jerusalem to find the disciples coming in and going out, and he spoke boldly in the name of the Lord Jesus and disputed against the Hellenists, those who were born outside of Israel. These were the uh, Greek-speaking Jews. But they attempted to kill him. When the brethren found out, they brought him down to Caesarea and sent him out to Tarsus. In verse 31, I, I need you to see this very carefully. Then the churches throughout all Judea, Galilee, and Samaria had peace and were edified and walking in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Spirit, they were multiplied. Here we have, you recall, Jesus is on the Mount of Olives. He's getting ready to send to the Father. And he gives his last command to his disciples. He told them to remain where? In Jerusalem. Jerusalem. And he told them when they remain there, then they shall receive power from where? From on high. And then what was going to happen once they received power from on high as the Holy Ghost came upon them? What did he say was going to happen to them? What would they be to him? Do y'all recall? He said, then you will be my witnesses. You see it in Acts 1:8. if you want to reference it. He said, you will be my witnesses. Here in Jerusalem in Judea and Samaria and the what the end of the earth What just happened in Judea, Samaria and Galilee? Uh Did that scripture was it not fulfilled? Was that prophecy not fulfilled? Did Lord Jesus just fill that prophecy? Because remember, the Jews did not want to go into Samaria. Why? Because there was an ugly history with Samaria. They the one poured the pig blood on the altar in the temple almost 200 years earlier. And they, the Jews, pure Jews now, the ones with the pedigree, hated them. Okay. And then also because when the Assyrians came in a few hundred years earlier and conquered Samaria, they took majority of the population out of Israel and the ones that remained, they imported, okay, other captives from other nations into the land of Samaria. And everybody know when you get boys and girls together, regardless of their color, what's going to happen? Babies. babies. And what kind of babies now? Mixed babies, destroying the pedigree. That was another reason why the Jews did not lack the Samaritans, because there was a mixed race of people. And so they did not want to go into Samaria. Remember the woman at the well, at Jacob's well? What happened there? Lord Jesus did what? He talked to her, and she was surprised that she said, you being a Jew, Mm -hmm. did you see the difference, even though she was half Jewish, but she said, you being a pure Jew, you have no dealing with us Samaritans, okay? She brought out the discrimination, but she didn't know she was talking to God. And so, what happened? When Lord Jesus gave her the gift of salvation, The water in which she would never thirst again from. That woman dropped her water bucket, ran back to the village of Sychar, and did what? Told them. She witnessed. And the whole village came over the hill. And by that time, them 12 Jewish boys, diehard Jewish boys, had come back. And guess what they saw? Jesus said, (laughs) open your eyes and look. He said you say in two or three months is harvest. He said, look, open your eyes now. The harvest is already white. Meaning it's already ready for what? For gathering. Mm-hmm. Who was that harvest he was pointing to? Samaritans. The Samaritans. Mm-hmm. Woo! Come on, did y'all catching this? Mm-hmm. And what happened there? The scripture tells you and I that Jesus spent what? Two whole days. With them, mm-hmm. whereas before the Jews used to go all the way around Samaria to get back to Galilee, mm-hmm. they wouldn't even go through there, and it was a shortcut, Mr. David. They decided no, 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 no. And you know that's some that's some bad stuff when folks don't want to be near you because of the color of your skin, because of your bloodline. Mm-hmm. Okay, and we still have folks like that today in the church. I don't want to sit by that black person, or I don't want to sit by that white person. And you got to be kidding me! You say you're calling up on the same Jesus? You think he, he he's what a spotted leopard? <laughs> a little bit for white and a little bit for black over here and over there? Oh, a little bit for Mexican or, or Puerto Rican? What do you call it? You, are you crazy? No. He's the same God one and for all who created all. Okay? And as Paul say, and in all. Now, so this is what's happening now. The prophecy has been fulfilled. Jerusalem is being evangelized. Witnesses, the disciples are witnessing heavy in Jerusalem. And since Jerusalem is a part of Judea, the southern kingdom, that is being, what, evangelized heavily. The disciples are out there sharing the gospel. Okay? They're now in Samaria. We see that from Philip with the Ethiopian eunuch. with through Samaria, and Philip is spending time in Samaria, and the disciples come behind him Said, did you hear the Holy Ghost? They say, we ain't even heard of the Holy Ghost. And they spoke and the Holy Spirit fell upon them. And of course we know about Galilee, right? Because that's where our Lord Jesus come from. Nazareth is, now there is this part of Galilee, so it's Capernaum, the last place where he stayed. There by the seaside. And here you have it. And amazing things is happening. That tells you now, Israel as a whole is getting the gospel. So they're not ignorant. Now what's left of that prophecy? The ends of, uh-oh. now. Watch the Holy Spirit walk us through this now. Verse 32. Now it came to pass, as Peter went through all parts of the country, that he also came down to the saints who dwelt in Lydda. There he found a certain man named Aeneas, who had been bedridden eight years and was paralyzed. Wow. And Peter said to him, Aeneas, Jesus the Christ heals you. Arise and make your bed. Then he arose immediately, so all who dwelt in Lira, and Sharon saw him and turned to the Lord, or Sharon. We usually say the Rose of Sharon. It's actually pronounced as Sharon. Sharon is the low country, which actually now would be the Tel Aviv area along the coast there. Well, that was used to be called the Shafila, the low country. And that's where Peter was in that region, giving the gospel. And what is the result of the miracles just took place there? What happened? The people turned to who? They turned to the Lord as a result of the miracles taking place. And that's what happened. That is what's supposed to be happening in the 21st century. As the churches are performing signs and wonders and miracles, because the Holy Ghost has given us gifts to do that, people are supposed to look at these gifts and turn to the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what they're there for. They're there as a witness for the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what the Holy Ghost has come to be a witness in you. So that you can go and do the work. People see that and they go, whoa, look at Christ. No, whoa, look at Jesus. Look at God. That's what it's all about. And so if we're not focusing on it, then our focus is wrong. We need to go back, as we used to say, go back to the basics. Find out where we went wrong, allow the Holy Spirit to correct us, and then we move forward. So, Peter, if you notice one thing in this encounter that Peter had with Aeneas, this man that had been bedridden for eight years and paralyzed, Mm -hmm. Peter did exactly what his Lord Jesus Christ did. He mimicked the actions of Jesus. He said, I say to you, except." By him not being Jesus, he uses what? Jesus' name. And that's power in the name of? Oh, y'all got it. And as Peter used it, what happened? The man got up. And just as Jesus told the man at the pool of Bethesda that had been there for 38 long years, he said, take up your bed and what? Walk. Go home. So Peter mimics his Lord. He says to the paralyzed man, I say to you in the name of Jesus the Christ, arise and pick up your bed, make it up, and go. You're no longer bedridden.
1: Amen.
0: <laughs> and people go, "Whoa, look at that!" They say it to God, right? But things doesn't stop there, because here's what happened: when the church is moving under the anointing of the Holy Spirit, under the power of God. Word gets out. Are oh, you hearing me? Word gets out. That's why I tell you all, one person can't do this. You all got to get mobile. You got to get out there and open your mouths, and you got to tell people. Not to tell people, you got to lay hands on people. You got to pray for them and watch the signs happen. Don't you know every one of you can do a miracle in Jesus' name? Mm-hmm. Amen. I don't, I can't tell you the number of people who have come back and said to me, I had cancer, come right in this building and said, you pray for me and I don't have cancer anymore. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Hello? Yeah. Yes. And, and I can't tell you how many times, miracle after miracle, that has taken place, but one person can't do it all. You all got to get out there clean when riding his motorcycle. Got to pull that thing aside and go and talk to somebody. And they're going to go, big old holler riding man filled with the Holy Ghost? You betcha. And I got something to give you. And it's more powerful than this this, this motorcycle that I'm sitting on. I got the power of God in Jesus' name. Yeah. And I come to share. All right. Okay? And you get out there and you share. I, 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 some, some, some years back I was in the hospital. My wife had taken an emergency room, had another heart episode, and, and let me tell you, I had a nurse, he said, can I talk to you? I said, yes. He said, I need to talk to you in private. I said, okay. So we went to the side, and he started crying. He said, I don't know what to do, preacher. He said, I don't know what to do with the gift God has given me. I said, What's that? He said, the Holy Ghost tell me to go and pray for a patient. He said, I go and lay hands on the patient, and that patient gets healed. Mm-hmm. He said, but I don't know what to do with it. Here. I said, you do what God tells you to do. Amen. You use it. And if God tell you to be quiet and go do it, you go do it, because God knows your child would be at stake. Okay? But God got big plans for you, man. You don't be bashful as you're being led by the Spirit. You go and tell, you go and do, and you go and be that person that God has called you to be. Uh-huh. Amen. And he said, okay. He said, I just needed those words of encouragement. Yeah.
1: Wow.
0: Because he, they the ones had just taken my my heart rate and they go, everything's good with you, brother. You can go home. <laughs> you don't need to see the emergency room doctor. <laughs> Praise God. Uh-huh. I'll tell you what happened to me last Wednesday. I was in for my annual physical, and as they hooked me up to the machine, knew how to take your, your blood pressure and off. All of a sudden, the machine went to flash in the sound of "Wow, wow, wow!" and it was flashing extremely low heartbeat, a heart rate. And I'm looking, and the nurse looked at me and looked. She said, has that ever happened to you? I go, I think so. And my heart rate was 49, Shelly. Wow. 49, and she said, ooh, you know what they did, they did an EKG, the doctor said, we need to lower your medicine, for the past three or four years I've been asking God to wing me off that medicine, you think maybe he just started, Mm -hmm. I took my blood pressure this morning, it was 117 over 59 heart rate 72. Do you think that's perfect? It's perfect. It's perfect. Uh-huh. God is doing something in here. Uh-huh. Really? And they've lowered my medicine by 50 milligrams. And she said, we're going to check it again. If it keep going down, we're going to keep on lowering it. Okay. God is answering my prayers. Amen. Amen. Yes. Amen. Is that not a miracle? At first, the devil said, I got him now, 49. Uh-huh, we are get ready to do something with him. And God goes, uh-uh. Not- I got this. With my baby boy right here. Okay? And the prophet of God had said three, four months ago, she said, Your medication is making you sick. She said, You need to come off of it. And I've been praying and said, Lord, take me off. All right. And so here we have in verse 36. At Joppa there was a certain disciple named Tabitha, which is translated Dorcas. This one was full of good works and charitable deeds, which she did, but it happened in those days that she became sick and died. When they had washed her, they laid her in the upper room, in an upper room, and since Lydia was near Joppa and the disciples had heard that Peter was there, they sent two men to him, imploring him not to delay in coming to them. Then Peter rose and went with them. When he had come, They brought him to the upper room, and all the widows stood by him, weeping, showing the tunics and garments which Dorcas had made while she was with them. But Peter put them all out. i get to it. And knelt down and prayed. Hold up now. See, when the word gets out that the man of God, a woman of God, is in the area and God is working through them, People are going to want to, what? Be a part of it. And at this time, this was the most severe, the most extreme case of need. Someone had died. And not just someone, but someone that was loved. Someone that was really cherished. And and people wanted her back because she was a generous person. And they hate to see her gone. But all in the spirit, somebody had said, there's the man of God down in Lydia." go and get him and Peter under the anointing of the Spirit goes down to Joppa remember Joppa is along the coastline am I right mr. David not far away so Peter goes he goes and he gets there and see the devil hate to see God get the glory okay What he wanted to have was professional mourners there. Wailing and lamenting, okay? Oh, she's gone. And making a whole scene of the situation. But the man of God had other ideas because he knew what his God was about to do. So this proved that it wasn't him that was doing the raising from the dead so that people would not glorify him. You know what he did? Get out. He put the devil in his place right away. Get out. And he was left alone with the corpse. And what happened next? You got to follow the seed. And so, he knelt down and prayed. And turning to the body, he said, Tabitha, Arise. Just like his Lord said to who? Lazarus. He's, He's mimicking his Lord. Mm-hmm. We can do it today. If we weren't so afraid and gun shy and listening to people tell us, no, God is not raising people from the dead today. Well, that's not what's happening in Africa. It's not happening. what's happening in South America. Are you hearing me? You ever heard of evangelist Reinhard Bunker? Go Google him and see how the Holy Ghost is working through that brother. <laughs> God gave this brother the entire continent of Africa to minister to And he probably have ministered to t- 10 times the people Billy Graham have Yes, we don't hear about it over here do we? Uh, okay. Rahab Bunker's is from Germany He speaks English better than you and me, but when that brother speak you can feel the power of God coming through him um. His daddy was a preacher And he went to his dad and said, I think God wants me to be an evangelist. And his dad said, "Uh uh-huh. Yes, he
1: does.
0: (laughs) And that brother became obedient. And he has spent most of his life in Africa. Powerful man of God. And the Lord Jesus Christ used him to raise a man from the dead. So don't tell me it's not happening. In the modern day time, excuse me, postmodern. And so, Peter, under the guidance of his Lord Jesus Christ, remembering that greater works than these you shall do because I'm returning to the Father. And in my name, you will cast out what? You will cast out demons and you will heal the sick and you will raise the dead. And you, if you drink anything poison, it shall not hurt you. He remembered that from the last chapter in the book of Mark, as Mark records it. And this old fisherman, who doesn't have much education according to some, but you read his writings, they're very difficult to follow. Sound like a very wise man to me. What's he doing? He's exercising all the gifts of the Spirit in Jesus' name, giving God the glory with the works that he's doing. That's how God is glorified. Jesus said, when you ask the Father in my name, not only is the Father glorified, but the Father glorifies me. Hmm. So you want to make Jesus happy? Go raise the dead.
1: huh?
0: Go split some water. You only get that part, did you? Huh? Go cast out some demons. Go preach the gospel so some souls can get saved. Huh? Go put some demons in flight by claiming the territory for Jesus. Uh-huh. Want to make Jesus smile upon your house? Stand up as the man of God in your house and say, For me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. Or if you're the single woman of your house, stand up and say it. For me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. <laughs> make the Lord happy? Go for it. Amen and so here we have it as it's going down Peter is praying and look what happens when he says to a dead woman Tabitha arise immediately in the spirit world the Holy Ghost brings that woman's spirit back out of the spirit world into her body Are you getting this? Her spirit has now departed from her body and has entered the spirit world. And as Peter is speaking, his master in heaven is hearing. And the Holy Spirit of God goes after Tabitha in the spirit world. As he prays and as he speaks the same word that his master is speaking in heaven, Tabitha, arise. What happens? Her spirit comes out of the spirit world and goes back into her body. Mm -hmm. Are y'all kidding? Are you getting this? Mm -hmm. You see what Jesus is doing? Now, He's the King over all life in heaven and on earth. He knows what's going on, and He knows where every spirit is, and He knows how to bring them back. Oh, he knows how to keep him from going. Amen. Mm-hmm. So Peter says, Tabitha arise, and she opened her wow. eyes. Woo-hoo! <laughs> glory to God. Do you see Jesus at work? Mama man. Oh, glory to God. <laughs> man. Right here. And she opened her eyes, and when she saw Peter, she sat. Up. I think it'd have been me, I'd have started dancing (laughs) right then and there. (laughs) I'm telling you, glorifying God. They're going, what's wrong with that nut up there? Oh boy, I mean we we'd have been having a good time in the Holy Ghost. Amen. Amen. She's alive, she's alive, she's alive. (laughs) That's just cause I'm stupid. (laughs) Okay? I'm stupid for Jesus. And so now notice The enemy of God did not have one witness in that room. Amen? Amen. Not a one to hinder the works of the Lord. Not a one because of the denomination saying, uh, there's no such thing as raising people from the dead. Man don't have that gift anymore. Huh? No person now can refute the evidence. Can you imagine just sitting there, Christian? you're praying for someone, and you know this person is dead there. Okay. And in the name of Jesus, Tabitha <laughs> arise. And she opened her eyes and looks at you.
1: you me to
0: death. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't scare me and make me want to start shouting. Okay? <laughs> and then she sets up and look at you. And now Peter. Being the old hard knocks, hard rugged fisherman becomes a very beautiful, mm-hmm. wonderful, soft, caring gentleman. Just like his Lord Jesus. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, what does he do next? Look, 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 look at this. Marquise, I think you will appreciate this. This old hard knocks man. Okay. Look what he does. Then he gave her his what? Mm-hmm. Say it again. Do you see the gentleness of that? He gave her his hand and lifted her up. He's been a man, Crystal, a godly man who just raised the dead in Jesus' name. And he reaches out his hand and he takes this lady by the hand and lifts her up. And I can see God go, that's my boy. You go, Peter. Yeah. And Lord Jesus go, God, huh? yeah. Father, you gave me a good one there because he's after me. Okay? Every child of God is made after the image of his son Jesus yeah. and every daughter. There was a woman back in the 70s by the name of Catherine Kuhlman mm-hmm. who had a powerful healing ministry. Powerful. Catholic women would have crusades where thousands upon thousands would come, and literally hundreds would get delivered and healed in her service. And she had such a anointing of the Holy Spirit, and she would weep on stage, begging people, "Do not quench the Holy Spirit," she said, because he's all we got. Do not hurt him. And the Spirit would just move all over that place. And whatever infirmities people had, when they came, they didn't have it when they left. Yeah. That woman was anointed. Mm-hmm. But you don't hear the big churches and big nominations putting that out there so people can know. What they were doing, they were trying to shut it down, saying, no. And some even called, some of that work, white magic. Or they're not worshiping the same Jesus of the Bible. I said, mm-hmm. On the day of judgment, you will give an account for that because you just blasphemed the Holy Ghost. All right. That's the work of the Holy Spirit when people being healed in Jesus' name. And no don't talk called white magic. That's a lie from hell.
1: Hmm.
0: And now Then he gave her his hand and lifted her up, and when he had called the saints and widows, he presented her alive. All right? Brother million, go get them. Bring them in here. They got to see. They got to see. Here she is. This is the evidence that Jesus Christ, the Son of God, is not dead, but he is alive. Because he lived, she lives. That's the evidence. Just woke you up, didn't it? Amen. She lived because he lives. If Jesus was still in the grave, Tabitha would still be dead. You hear me? That's the evidence that the power of Jesus, that he's alive, Crystal. He's alive. And so as they come in, in verse 42, and it became known throughout all Joppa, the word spread it fast and many believed on the Lord so it was that he stayed many days in Joppa with Simon a tanner you wonder what a tanner is a tanner is a person that handles dead carcasses and they extracted the hide from him and they make leather goods. Tents, shoes, belt, purses. Okay. Now what's wrong with a tanner? Biblically. They
1: handle dead.
0: They handle what?
1: Carcasses
0: And they became what? Unclean. Uh-huh. And you being a Jew were not supposed to be hanging around. Unclean. Uh-huh. But this diehard Jewish man Stayed with a tanner, showing that in the name of Jesus, God's people are not unclean, Amen. Amen. not unclean. I wanted to get to our sermon for today. That was just a backdrop,
1: <laughs>
0: which is in chapter 10. I look like y'all going to have to wait the next week on that one. <laughs> And so, Marie thought that was funny. (laughs) Just warming up.
1: (laughs) That's
0: just God is good all the time. And so here you have. Stay here in Jerusalem until you receive power from on high. And then you shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria. Samaria, and then the rest of the world. Chapter ten is the absolute prelude into the rest of the world. Because now God is now shifting. The salvation message, the priority was, Jesus said, first go to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Mm -hmm. Remember, reading that? I I know y'all read your Bible, say, okay. I don't put one exception in here because she's a little baby in Christ, and she's gonna grow. The rest of y'all should have said, amen. (laughs) All right, I'll quit picking on you. So go first to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Salvation is of the Jews, Jesus told the Syrophoenician woman that came to him and said, will you heal my child? Mm-hmm. And Jesus is not meant to cast the, the kids food to what? To dogs. Gentiles mm-hmm. were called dogs. dogs. Mm-hmm. The, a very detestable animal mm-hmm. during that time in Israel. She said, yeah, but yeah. even the dogs... Eat the crumbs that fall from the master's table. Yeah. Oh, some of y'all are tracking the day. war. of they're reading. Hey, man, I must have just shook them up. <laughs> oh. And so here you have it, Jesus, said, go. Your faith has made your daughter whole. And when she gets back home, by the way, uh, just in case you didn't know, that's modern-day Lebanon the woman was from. Okay? So she arrived back home and find her daughter what? Healed. Mm-hmm. But Jesus got greater works for you Zora. You don't know what God has in store. You may have the ambitions to find the, the cure for cancer. By the way, uh, Israel come now found a way to cure cancer, prostate cancer, in 90 seconds. Uh, Did did, did y'all hear me? Israel now cures prostate cancer in 90 seconds. Go look it up. And so, God's people, if you listen to God, no matter what your ambition is, if you follow the Lord Jesus Christ, those greater works <laughs> He will do. It's hot in here. Somebody turn the, the air conditioner off me. Must be Shirley. She must be cold. Up <laughs> here, burning your papa up.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> you and listen. I'm going to tell you what a gospel singer said, uh, by the name of Shirley Caesar. Anybody ever heard of her? Yes. Okay. Shirley Caesar said when she was a small girl, they liked to play church in the backyard. And she said her mama would get at them about that. And so this one day, she told her brothers and sisters, come on, we're going to play church. And she was going to be the singer and her brother was going to be the preacher. And so they got out there and they got to going and she said she started calling Jesus Jesus and one of the other siblings went and told, Mama, sure like they're playing with the Lord again. Yeah. <laughs> and she said, but when she called Jesus the third time, something happened to her. Uh-huh. And all of a sudden, she couldn't control herself. Uh-huh. Why? Because the Jesus she was calling was now on the inside. Uh-huh. <laughs> and she couldn't stop. Uh-huh. And said, so Mama come to the door and saw her, said, Baby, she ain't playing now. <laughs> <laughs> and the moral of the statement is that you can't call Jesus too many times. anytime time you come in contact with Jesus, something's going to happen to you. All right. mm-hmm. Okay, you're not going to remain the same. And that's what that. Oh, got a witness back there. And that's what it's all about, everybody. When you come in contact with the Lord Jesus Christ, you're not going to remain the same. Yeah, you, some old habits may linger, but after a while, the Holy Ghost will help you put them to death. Amen? Amen. And you'll find yourself wait a minute. I'm, that's not Christ-like. I'm walking away because I love Jesus. That's what he does. And he grows you. He grows you. He grows you. Just like he was doing me last night, sitting about the... Oh, on the third day, there came the first fruits of the earth. And on the third day, God's Son rose from the dead. He was the first fruits from the dead. And uh, uh, Paul will say he's the firstborn from the dead. Meaning, another way to say first fruits. And so, given all of that, What happened in Lydia, what happened in Joppa, and what will soon happen over in Caesarea, it's all because of what Lord Jesus sitting in that upper room on the night in which he was betrayed. That night, the Lord Jesus Christ, you can go and play for a moment, he would do something that would literally change the way Passover is done. Because by tradition, for hundreds of years, the Jews have done Passover, Brother David, a certain way. But that night, that evening, Passover, would be done differently. Never before had they had a man sit there and tell them, this is my blood. Are you hearing me? This is my body. Take and eat. Take and drink. They must have thought, well, <laughs> we need to run him. <laughs> yeah, he done lost his mind. We need to run him out of town. But you know what? They didn't. Because early up in a place called Capernaum, When he had said that the day after he had fed the 5,000 over in Bethsaida, the people at Capernaum said, you done lost your mind. How you gonna give us your, your flesh to eat and your blood to drink? Are you crazy? We ain't gonna follow you. And that's when he gave them the great discourse called the bread of life. And understanding all of this, the Lord's table was set that day And they had already finished their main course. Are you all aware of that? What followed was afterwards. This was literally the gateway to heaven. Uh Uh-oh. Not just so that one person can offer sins for people who will continue in sin. What it was about to happen, what it was about to do that night will give the men something that they didn't need a priest to do for them. They didn't need to go to a high priest once a year. They were receiving something in which they can do themselves. Something which you can do at your own supper table with your own families. And you can do it anywhere as long as you remember him. And so that night, Those 11 men, not 12, but 11 apostles, got a valuable lesson, a lesson that they would never forget, and a lesson that would literally change the world. Communion. That old rugged fisherman that raised Tabitha from the dead was sitting right next to him. Y'all hear me? That old fisherman that ran his mouth when God appeared up on the mountain when Jesus was changed into pure light. And they said, Lord, it's good for us to be here. Because the scripture said he didn't know what what he needed to say. He was just running his mouth. Let us build three tabernacles, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. And God had to come over and tell Peter to do what? Shut up! To be quiet. (laughs) I think I probably would have wet myself. Lord, forgive. That's (laughs) recorded. My old big mouth. <laughs> anyway, but there Peter shaking on the ground along with James and John because they've never seen Jesus like this before—pure light, pure light—and they never heard God rebuke anybody. So he told them to shut up. Listen to him. He said, "This is my beloved son. Listen to him." And so that old fisherman, along with James and John, the two brothers, known as the Sons of Thunder, they're at this supper, and they're listening. They walk with the Master for three years now, three and a half years. Then he's shown them everything that they needed to know. And Peter would later write in 2 Peter chapter 1, he said, God has given you and I all the power we need to live godly. Forever. That means we don't need to go back for a second feeling of it because the godliness that God has for us by Christ Jesus is for eternity. And so when the Lord went to the cross that night, or the next day, shall I say, it wasn't a temporary thing. If you can visualize in your minds all the demons that had gathered together in Jerusalem, That night, all of them that had gathered around that house. That night when the Lord took this blessed bread, there came in the door the chief prince of darkness. He walked in just like you're sitting here now, ready to partake in the Lord's Supper. He walked in, and they didn't even know it. Judas is sitting not far from the Lord because it had to be close because the Lord said he who dips his hand in the bowl with me so that mean he was close and while he was dipping Lord Jesus saw Satan walk in and as the Lord called Judas out that night he said the one who's dipping that's the one who's gonna betray me and he turned and he looked at Judas And he said, what you do, do quickly. And the scripture tell you and I, it was at that moment, Satan entered him. Wow. And the other 11 apostles had no idea what just happened in the spirit world. That the prince of darkness had just come in and went inside Judas he went and got his own, his own son. Because remember, Jesus had said all along, he said one of you is a devil. One of you is a devil. He said it over and over again. One of you is a devil. Of course the others didn't know what he was talking about. So now, Judas and Satan gets up and leave. There's one body. One entity. He's now unified with God's greatest enemy. And he walks out. Once again, there's apostles, there's disciples, because there was other people beside the leaven in that upper room, Mr. David, watching, not knowing what had just happened. And that's when the Lord, he gets up. He takes. I'm going to read to you from John's account today. Here's what happens. Listen very carefully. This is the night in which the Lord Jesus Christ was betrayed. Children, I need you to hear now the word of God. Listen to the word very carefully. Give me your undivided attention. You need to know the full story behind that Passover meal that night and what took place nearly 2,000 years ago so that you and I could be inaugurated into God's family by God's very own son, Jesus the Christ. So when Jesus had said these things, he was troubled in spirit and testified and said, "Most assuredly I say to you, one of you will betray me.' Then the disciples looked at one another, perplexed about what he spoke. Now there was leaning on Jesus, Jesus' bosom, one of his disciples, whom Jesus loved. Simon Peter therefore motioned to him to ask who it was of whom he spoke.' <coughs> Then, leaning back on Jesus' breath, he said to him, Lord, is it I? Or who is it? Who do you think this this disciple is that's leaning on Jesus' breast, on his chest? Baby John, the very one that wrote this gospel. And he's younger than you. Maybe by now he's Marquise's age, 19 years old. And because she's the youngest and dears to Jesus. And, and, and remember at a, at, a, at a feast like that, tradition has it that the one that sits the closest is the one which the the one that hosts the feast admires. And so, and then it says right here. Look at this. It says here you got it? Now there was leaning on Jesus' bosom one of His disciples, whom Jesus loved. He loved the baby of the bunch, Mister. And he's literally <coughs> doing this.
1: <laughs>
0: Don't rub the hair off. <laughs> And so he's leaning on Jesus' bosom. You see this, kids? He's leaning there and he looks up at him and says, Who is it? Who is it? So Baby John asked him, Who is it? I mean, is it, you know, kids, they don't have any fear. And guess what the master says to him? And leaning back on Jesus' breast, he said to him, Lord, who is it? Jesus answered, It is to whom I shall give a piece of bread when I have dipped it. So that was a bowl with dipping sauce, was probably olive oil with spices. And he takes the bread and it's on the table. And Judas, you get to play both roles. He goes and he dips with jesus in the same bowl signifying to the rest of the disciples this is the one who's going to betray me but they missed it they missed that wonderful wisdom from the lord he gave it to judas Iscariot, the son of simon Now, after the piece of bread, Satan entered him. So for a small moment, for a brief moment, a short period of time, look at me, kids. For a short period of time, Emma, don't eat it. The devil and God is at the same supper table. Which one are you? He knew that was coming. So, Crystal, no one in their wildest imaginations would have imagined that God and Satan would be at the same supper table. Amen? Amen. And no one would ever thought that the devil would be bold enough the walk in a prayer meeting the Lord is having. A feast. So he was bold. Only because God allowed it. Because the time was right. So the Lord's Supper, you're getting a very good lesson today because I felt the Holy Spirit, I needed to teach you this way today. For you to value and appreciate our Lord Jesus Christ even the more. So walks in, and now they're going to have a conversation. When was the last time in Scripture we see the Lord and the devil having a conversation? In the wilderness, during the time of temptation. Okay? And at that time, who was doing the leading? Satan. This time, who's doing the leading? Hello, somebody. She's ready to learn (laughs) And so Jesus said to him What you do Do quickly What you do Do quickly Was he talking to Judas? was he talking to the devil in him he was talking to Satan and Judas was now no longer in control of his body of his faculty or anything he was now a pawn of Satan guided by who? by Satan so Jesus is now talking to Satan in him what you do, do quickly. And you know what? The angels of God, Michael and Gabriel, those chief babies of God, those wonderful servants of God, those great warriors, the hands are tied. Nothing they could do, Crystal, but watch. They were not allowed to get involved because God held them at bay. And you remember, this is the same Michael who cast Satan out of heaven. We don't know how long before, maybe been a million years or longer. We don't know. Could do nothing. To help our Lord because the time had come for his body to be ripped open when he was about to tell those disciples in a few minutes this is my body that was broken for you that me each time that Roman whip hit his back and the in the Aramaic, I like the way the Aramaic says it. Because we would like to know by his stripes were healed. Well, in the Greek it says bleeding wounds. By the Aramaic, it says by the, the lacerations, that means like a razor, his flesh was cut open. And the blood came gushing out. So he said, Take and eat. This is my body that was lacerated for you and then the blood that would gush out he said take and drink this is my blood The good puppet on the screen because that's what Judas was for Satan and so this night You need to understand the importance of what's going on. If y'all are talking anything other than what I'm talking about, you are now disrespecting God. I'm going to rebuke you sharply right now. And you ought to be ashamed of yourself. Because you're getting the greatest teaching about Lord Jesus that you can get directly from God's Word, being led by the Holy Spirit, so that you and I would know what happened to our Lord. The importance why we celebrate the Lord's Supper. Because there's no plaything, it's no joke that the Lord's body was ripped open, his flesh torn open by that Roman's whip. And his blood came gushing out. And if it had been you, you would want somebody talking when somebody was beating you like that. You would not want somebody not paying attention if you were doing it to save someone else's life. You would want to listen because that's what our Lord did. This is no joking matter. Satan entered him So what you do, do quickly? But no one at that table knew for what reason he had said this to him. They were spiritually blind because their eyes, their spiritual eyes were still closed and would not be open until after his resurrection. They were spiritually ignorant of what that meant. For some thought because Judas had the money box that Jesus had said to him by those things we need go excuse me Buy those things we need for the feast or uh, that he should give something to the poor Having received a piece of bread he then went out immediately And it was night So that night Sitting there with the oil lamps burning that some of you have seen something similar. If I may pass them out, thank you. I'm going to switch locations now. There are several different types of oil lamps, and these actually have real oil, olive oil in them. And would have had several of these burning in that upper room. When he began to institute what we know as the Lord's Supper. You can pass it, let me see it. It's actually got real olive. So that night, he took the bread, which would have been unleavened bread. It would have been flat with no yeast in it, so it wouldn't arise, as we like it. And he would have taken that bread and give thanks. Look at me. He would give thanks. We don't know what he said, but he would thank his father. Father, thank you for the bread for my body that was broken for them. He could have said that. Okay. And he took and he broke it. And he passed it to them. He said, take and eat. This is my body that was broken for you. And we just demonstrated in which how that was done. And in like manner, he took the cup. One of those cups, four cups that would have been sitting there. And this one to drink for the, the feast. They've already had the feast. And it took and he gave thanks. Father, thank you for this is my blood that was shed for them. And they took the cup. It's not like what you got. We all have our own cup. <laughs> It would have been one cup. (laughs) Some of you would have said, I'm not going to drink out of that one. Okay. But they would have. And they would have taken that cup and he would have said these words, this is the, the covenant, the cup of the new covenant in my blood. He said, I will not drink this fruit of the vine with you until we do it together and my father's kingdom. You thought that too? <laughs> Earlier he had said to them, he said, I go and prepare a place for you and where I am there you shall be also. So he took the cup, and he said drink, all of it, in remembrance of me. A little bit way of doing communion today, so that you can learn. And after that, boys and girls, they didn't go right away out to the Mount of Olives and sing, because he continued to teach that night. So y'all ready? Two more hours.
1: <laughs> Give her a
0: blanket. She says, okay, we're gonna fix this right now. <laughs> and so, what an amazing thing. And these apostles who were out in Joppa and Lydia, in Judea, Jerusalem, Samaria, in Galilee okay. and soon to be Caesarea okay they would have known what this meant and they would go and they would do the same thing with perfect strangers and they will explain this and those strangers would listen and they would take that to heart And that old rugged fisherman will explain that if there's no shedding of blood, there's no forgiveness of sin. Had Jesus had not shed his blood, you and I would not be forgiven by God. So all those strangers would have understood that as these apostles stood under the power of the Holy Ghost and shared this gospel of the kingdom. And Men and women and boys and girls listen up to me now boys and girls as we get ready to close out this would certainly appreciate God sending his son Jesus to us and him dying for our sins And when that when those fishermen would say Are you now w- willing to give your life to Jesus not say a little prayer for salvation? He said give your life over to Jesus that means you no longer live for yourself but live for him those people in that room or where if they're down by a river in some cases with the Apostle Paul they would have done that without hesitation because they knew what it meant and so I caution you today be very careful about your walk with God and Lord Jesus Christ Don't take it lightly and stop treating each other like garbage Love one another Okay? We are the family of God We're going to be spending eternity together Lord Jesus said so In a twinkling of an eye we're all going to be changed and we're going to become like angels Spirits, and we'll never die again. Oh, y'all just shaking.
1: <laughs>
0: okay. <laughs> so, whatever head bowed, these deacons are going to pray for you as we close out this worship service today in Jesus' name. Amen. Father, we humble ourselves before you. Thanking you for the powerful word of what our Lord Jesus has done for us. Lord, that debt we could not have paid no matter what. It had to be by him and him alone because he was perfect. Father, we thank you for the word and Lord, we thank you for this beautiful day that you've given us and the days to come that we can also reflect to people your son lord jesus be with us father in jesus name Amen. amen amen